the it's always the right time deal. Hey, want to go to Mickey D's for lunch? Ooh, let's go now. <laughs> But it's not lunchtime yet. If we're going to McDonald's, it's always the right time. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. There's a deal for every lunch hour at McDonald's. Now's the time to get two for $3.99. Mix and match a four-piece McNuggets, a McDouble, a McChicken, or a hot and spicy McChicken. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Johnson is here. Angela, I start every podcast with a question that that Nor is always gets awkward, which is why I love it, which is are we friends? And you have to answer. <laughs> uh, I like to think so, but friends that don't stay in touch that much, is that a thing? That's you so we're family. Okay. <laughs> right, right, yes, we are family. So our relationship like I don't even know Because I was a fan of you. Before I met you, like, you were already on Mad TV, I think. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like, you were already on TV, like, before. I didn't, like, see you in the hallways as a comic before Mad TV. No. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, it's always a, who's that young hawk bitch that has the job everyone wants? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we met, and I was like, oh, God, she's, like, nice and cool and smart and funny and, like, a girl's girl, and, you know. I feel like when we first met... Uh, we definitely had a connection of you're a girl, I'm a girl, we're in this business together, mm-hmm. like, let's help each other out. Yeah. Um, I remember, and this is early on too, and I was just getting to know who you were, and I would go to like all these general meetings with like all these like network executives, and I thought like I was doing a solid, be like, oh, let me talk about my friend Whitney so they can know <laughs> about her too. So I'd be like, oh yeah, do you guys know about Whitney Cummings? She's hilarious. And they're like, oh yeah, of course we do. And I was like, wait, who's this Whitney that everybody already knows about her by the time yeah, I yeah. get into all these offices? Yeah, we yeah we just scammed her out of a lot of money. We know her. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. We just to- we just gave her a big deal and then told her she wasn't allowed to say anything that um, uh, she says. Uh, <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> we just gave her a big deal and. Uh, Uh, said, please don't make any jokes uh, after we paid you to be a comedian. Um, But yeah, that was, I was definitely, uh, yeah, I think that was definitely like the same kind of time. Yeah. And then, and then I have this thing and it's just, it's my shit. When someone gets married, I'm like, ah, like they don't, they're gone. They're gone. Like they've been sent off on an iceberg. (laughs) (laughs) The way that. uh, See you never. Yeah. Like just like sort of, I'm not allowed to be in their life. Their, their spouse will never approve of me. Hilarious. They're doing that. And I, uh, I had two girlfriends do like really aggressive interventions with me because after they had kids, I, I always assume as soon as a woman has a kid, she's busy. She doesn't have time for me. I'm a drain. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I have to get the T-DAP vaccine. Like, I'm like, I'm just dirty. I'm a dirty. They don't let me laugh around their kids. I have to do T-DAP. Mm-hmm. What else? They're like, do you have a rabies vaccine? I'm like, no one wants me around their kids without so many vaccines. <laughs> so, Whitney, you lick people's faces. Do I know, I know, you, uh... totally. They're like, just like, Rabies would actually be a smart one to have. I'm just telling you, yes. And they're like, you're not bringing your dogs, are you? And like, your hair dye, does it like come off? Like, we can't. Oh, no. like, yeah, like, no one wants me. So I just always am like, I'm just going to leave them alone because yeah, yeah, yeah. as someone that used to codependently say yes to things I didn't want to do because mm-hmm. I thought I had to out of obligation, I project that onto other people. Whereas uh-huh. mature adults, yeah. new moms, aren't going to be like, yeah, let's hang out unless they mean it. They'll right? go, no, I can't. Yeah. yeah but yeah, I'm yeah. like, I don't want to overload this person, which yeah. is probably also me being overloaded and assuming everybody else's is like, 
puts as much on their plate as I do. With, I used to do that too. I would self-sabotage my friendships once my friend got married or had a baby. And my best friend called me on it when it happened because as soon as she got engaged, I started pulling away. Yep. And I started making this other person my best friend. I was like, oh, I'm going to go hang out with her. Oh, we're going to go do this and that. And it was like subconsciously, but I was still like, I was hurt that you're leaving me. I feel abandoned. And then, yeah, I feel abandoned. So I was like, okay, then I'm going to abandon you. Yeah. I have a new best friend. Bitch, you can't fire me because I quit. (laughs) (laughs) Which, Which the irony is it's like, because your guy's probably not going to like me because I'm like the single girl. But the irony is, he's not going to like me because I'm hurting you. And he's going to be like, why is she doing that? Like, yeah, she's yeah. Talked to, you know what I mean? It's like, you're creating the exact thing that I am. Yeah, that's so interesting. And she called me out on it. Yeah. And I didn't realize it until she said it. I was like, oh, yeah, I am doing that. I'm yeah. sorry. Like, yeah. my bad. And I, my therapist even had to say to me, because I was like, well, my best friend Dory just had a kid and Jenny had a kid. So now I'm just like alone and they abandoned me forever. And and she was like, have you seen them? And I'm like, well, no, they have babies. Like, I don't know. Like, as if their tits are exploding. Like, <laughs> as if they can't. Ha- like, like, she's like, how do you think child rearing <laughs> works? They're sitting there bored out of their minds with something that's asleep most of the time. Like, yeah. like the best thing you can do is give them an opportunity to hang out with an adult because they're just staring at this blob that won't mm-hmm. even remember anything they're saying that's shitting all over everything they care about. Like, <laughs> the best thing they could have is their friend who's a comedian next to them just making them laugh. Right. And I was like, what? So <laughs> it, 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 it it's taken me a long time to not um, decide that someone is rejecting me. Sure. And then be like, well, fine, I'll just, and which is my shit of just like trying to not get hurt. I mean, I did that my whole career starting out as a stand-up going to the comedy clubs. Yeah. I, that's why you never saw me there. I didn't yeah. hang out yeah. at the comedy store. I didn't hang out at the improv. I didn't hang out at any of the clubs because I Because you had a good childhood. Project. We get it. Your parents <laughs> loved you. We got it. <laughs> I would project onto everyone yeah. that they didn't like me because I blew up so fast. So and fast. also, by the way, I'm not saying that's true, but that could ha- that's yeah. also not always untrue. Yeah. Even though it's obviously jealousy and a compliment, sure. it still is like, these are my coworkers and these are my peers. And yeah. I feel bad walking in a space with all this success because I'm like accidentally making people feel bad about themselves because sure. they're going sure. the, to compare themselves. That's just the nature of it. Yeah. And so by doing that, I But would... I also want to say, yeah, she got success really fast because guess what? We ha- women had to. We had to move really fast because we expired at 40. <laughs> yeah. We have like 40 <laughs> less years to get this done. Right, At right. the time, it was like, you can't be on TV after 30. So I, we had to get successful at 25. It was our, our only window back then. Totally. And it was like, uh, I would project that onto people, but then also that would keep me from making relationships, like actual friends. And I yeah. remember I would like watch like you and you'd be up at the club like all the time. And Eliza would be up at the club all the time. And I'd be like, oh, I wish I could just do that. And every time I had a set at the improv or wherever, and it was like, okay, Wednesday, sure. I, girl, I was thinking about it for like three days mm-hmm. until I got there. Mm-hmm. And it was like diarrhea the whole time I was there. Ooh. I'm like, okay, let me know when That's it's my really turn. That's really why people didn't talk to you. Yeah. Like, what's that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Gas, just all the things. I was so nervous, had so much anxiety. And I was like, oh my God, this is not worth it. And I remember telling my manager at the time, like, should I be forcing myself to go hang out at the clubs and like make relationships? And he was like, no, why? Like, they're wanting where you're at right yeah. now. So just go be where you're at right now. Yeah. And I was like, but yeah, then the but- irony is you want to be one of them. Yes. And, and I was they, like, yeah, but want- I like community though. Like, but I want like peers. I want to like yeah. be chummy with people. And then I remember watching the, um, 
the documentary, the comedy store documentary. And I remember feeling like so sad that I let my, oh God, I'm getting emotional. Sorry about that. Um, God. <sighs> that I let my anxiety win for all of those years. And I robbed myself of like making relationships with people because at the end of the day, that's what it's about is relationships, not like our careers and what are you doing? What are you booking? But it's like relationship. And I remember seeing that in the documentary, the community and people like um, bonding and things like that. And I was like, oh man, I robbed myself of that because I let my anxiety win for all those years. But... You didn't have to see any dicks you want, didn't want to you see. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, can we, if she, she wants a tissue, can we get one if we have something? Um, this is so effing touching because I went the other way. Whereas, you know, when I, I'm the first person to say, I'm so grateful for all the people that hurt me. I, you made me stronger. All the people that hazed me, all the people that emotionally abused me, even down to physical abuse. I'm at the point where I'm like, you, I am invincible and, and Thank you. you hurting me. Cause I know hurt people hurt people. And I know that if you hurt me, like something terrible happened to you, if you're sadistic like that, or you're mentally ill or a sociopath or something sure. like I can defend anyone that did damage to me now uh -huh. as 39 years old. Um, but at the time it was a very dangerous place for me and I forced myself to go. And I shouldn't have. Like, I think mm -hmm. we both went mm -hmm. extreme ways. Mm -hmm. I was like, I am going to fucking show you yeah. that I can take all this abuse. Yeah. I can. It, and it was really unhealthy for me because a comedy club, which no, no criticism. It, it comedians have, uh, I don't want to say all comedians are crazy or sick or whatever, but you know, we, we obviously crave validation from drunk strangers mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and destroy our lives to chase that and mm -hmm. self-harm and self-flagellate in a lot of ways. And that often comes out in a way that we don't always play well with others and we hurt other people. And sometimes we think we're play fighting, but it's not. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. You know, some of us are masochists and sadistic, whatever it was, that group of people at that time and the type of people that were attracted to that hallway were really dangerous for me and gave me really bad data. Whereas uh -huh. I was working on not all men cheat. Uh -huh. And then I'm just looking yeah. for six hours in that hallway watching men cheat. Yeah, yeah, You yeah, know what I mean? People yeah. whose wives I know. Yeah. So it's like, it's I, I it, it definitely stunted a lot of my growth and made mm. me hold on to a lot of old stories that I needed to be debunking. I probably needed to be doing more of <laughs> what you were doing and <laughs> hanging out with Mary, your friends were getting married and yeah. seeing like what was possible. Yeah. Because... But it was to me because of growing up in an alcoholic home with so much, um, you know, pugnacious behavior, confrontational behavior, scandalous behavior. There were always fights breaking out. There was always like someone mm -hmm. getting hurt, mm -hmm. someone getting shot. I mean, it was like I crave that because that's mm -hmm. what my evenings were like when I was a kid. That's mm -hmm. my comfort zone is like yeah. it's midnight. Like it's too quiet. I don't feel good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because I was so addicted to adrenaline and drama. Mm -hmm. So had you felt comfortable there? Uh -huh your parents owe you would have yeah. would owe you would have to hit your Venmo yeah. you know so the kind of people that felt comfortable there not judging them it's just we um felt calm in crisis chaos common chaos yeah yeah and the kind of people that would go there and go I don't I feel don't feel comfortable there. I'm like stick to that instinct yeah. you know because I think that I thought that I had to endure a lot of emotional pain discomfort 
physical pain. I mean, I would stay till two in the morning just to prove that I wasn't a girl. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. I can hang with the guys. Yeah. Like, I'm sleeping four hours because I have to work other jobs to make money, you know? And I was, it was masochistic on my part because I was trying so hard to neuter myself and show guys that I could hang or just be around guys and not ever date them. So uh-huh. everyone knew, like, I don't date comics. Uh-huh. Like, I'm one of you. And, you know, and at the time, the way that the comedy store was set up was was kind of toxic, uh, which is that, you know, one of the managers, it was, you had to put it, you had to show your loyalty to that place. Mm. And you had to have no life. So I didn't get to date. I didn't get mm. to have girlfriends. I didn't get to have friends. I just was like putting myself, going like, I'm not fucking going anywhere. Mm. And I'm going to, and and that's how you like earn some respect, but it's a sick kind of like, you like, it's like unnecessary, like hell week Navy SEAL shit where it's yeah. just like, this is just like <laughs> hazing, you know? Right. But it also... You know, yeah, and I and I go, yeah, I rob myself of girlfriendships. I rob mm-hmm. myself of like traveling, mm-hmm. you know, so, like all that stuff. But I'm like, I feel like we're just getting good, and like mm. the best is yet to come. Come a little on, bit. say it, Whitney. You, preach, sister. Don't you think it's like our twenties is such a wash? Like, oh, I'm glad yes. we were hustling. I'm glad Thank we were you. like. No, no one in their twenties had their shit together back then. Yeah. You didn't need to have all those girlfriendships would have been a disaster. Yeah. That just breaks my heart to hear, but it would have broke my heart more if you were like, "Yeah, I used to hang out and had a lot of dicks hit me in the chin that I didn't want to hit yeah. me in the chin." Right, you know? right, right, right. So, because it, it's also so weird to hear someone else's side because I just saw you as like so focused and so together and so like, yeah, I don't need to deal with that. I'm doing this. And I would, we would talk about you because we'd be like, does she just work out new stuff like on the road? <laughs> like, how does she do that? <laughs> that's funny. I've always wondered, like, I wonder what people think about me. But yeah, that's what I would do. I would just write my jokes on the road. I don't have the bravery to do that. I didn't want to go to I have the to club. go try it 50 times at a fucking sushi restaurant in Santa Monica at some open mic before I'll do it because I'm insecure. So we're always just going like, damn, she's secure. Like she likes herself. That's how. That's what we're all trying <laughs> well, to be thank like. Thank you. Thank you. You know. So it's well, just, I feel a lot better about my choices. Also, thank you. yeah. Also, in the, and the other thing is like, yes. I mean, I mean, having dealt with so much negativity from my own comedy community and and having it really break my heart, you know, it's like comedians are professional complainers. Like, mm-hmm. if if you weren't successful, they'd have a, a problem with you. If you're too successful, they have a problem with you. If you're a woman, if you're not a woman, it's like. Comedians, it's like I always say about, like, we complain about sugar cookies and Mm. Hot Pockets. I mean, you know what I'm saying? There's nothing comedians will not find a problem with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Do you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like, that's our job, to find problems and things and talk about them. literally. And yeah, I always point to Gary Goldman. I'm like, Gary Goldman, in his new special, or his new hour, has 20 minutes just on mangoes. (laughs) And how they have a low yield of fruit. And like, how dare they have such a big pit. So it's like, <laughs> you know what I'm he also writes on the road. Yeah, yes, yeah, <laughs> oh, fuckers. Um, but uh, but so yeah, so it's like you know, insecure people are dangerous, and we're a very insecure sort of group. And you also seem very self-contained. And this is also something I'd love to talk about because you know, your um, you know, you have a very like strong connection to your religion, and there's a it. it you don't come off like you need people's approval and that's a little bit annoying <laughs> to a comedian or to, to insecure people because we want to go, how can I like s- s- like put my hooks in you? Like back uh-huh. then, 
I was really only in relationships with people that I could like rescue or fix because uh, I like thought that was a thing. And uh-huh. I, I only could have self-esteem through being needed. Uh, uh-huh. And I didn't think anyone would, that was self-contained sure. and had their internal needs met uh, would want to be, would. What I, do they need from me then? What do they, well, I'll, how am I going to keep them? Yeah. Uh, now I'm going to get abandoned. So I need someone that's like, gets addicted to my help or mm-hmm. that I stick my, you know, mm-hmm. um, it has to be codependent and entrenched or else they can leave at any time. Yeah. And you were kind of like, ha- like too healthy. <laughs> There's no like in, but can you talk a little bit about like, was, has, have you always had a, a strong relationship with uh, Christianity? And was that, did that help you through, like what helped you get to a point to this? I'm so grateful for, my years of being super devoted Christian, committed to the the plan that I had for myself. I'm grateful for those years. And I'll I'll talk about that. And um, but also where I'm at now is definitely an evolved version of myself in, in my 20s, yeah. who still loves God, who still says in Jesus name amen. Yeah. And but now also says thank you divine. Thank you <laughs> yeah, yeah. love. Yeah. You know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I feel like I have gone through probably the past 5 years a deconstruction mm-hmm. of my Christianity that I held on so tightly in my early 20s for sure. And I think the fact that I held on to that probably saved me from a lot of uh complications and heartbreaks that I would have got yeah, myself for sure. into. Uh, bad decisions I would have made. Um, and at the same time, because of that, I I made some decisions that I feel like robbed me of certain things, like saying no to certain like movies that I thought was like, oh, as a Christian, I probably shouldn't do this because it had like one dick joke in it. And I was like, oh, that's probably, I shouldn't do that. And then the movie comes out and it's actually not that at all. And I yeah. just said no because I was trying to be super Christian. You know what I mean? And so there is like Which things God like that. would want you to get the money. And you know get what I'm it saying? All, you know what I'm saying? Like, like I don't think God cares. Have you cares seen the Sistine Chapel? Bit. It's just all dicks. <laughs> it's all dicks. You know? Why did I think about this? See, I should have called you. I did need you, see? Um, but yeah, so I, I've gone through a whole journey. But during that time, uh, starting out in stand-up, I was definitely uh, super devoted, super... Uh, into my my prayer time, my devotional time, my mm-hmm. staying connected with my community to make sure like I'm staying on top of things. And but this is um, mental health. Whether it's whatever your religion, everyone's got their religion. Whether yeah. it's it's even the people are like I don't believe in God. I'm like ah, but you go to Barry's boot camp every single morning. You have a religion. Yeah, yeah, and you yeah. have a God. His name is Barry. You have a ritual. <laughs> you have a something. ritual. It does the same thing. Do you know what I'm saying? Like because you know religion over time has been you know justified to do incorrigible things and start wars. But everyone's got their religion. Sure. You know. Growing up and in my 20s, I definitely had my the Christian route. This is how you pray. These are the words that you say when you mm-hmm. go to church. There's tithe and offering, and then there's praise and worship, and then there's all the things. Like, this is how— There's wine at church. This is you how you worship God. Yeah. Like, this is how you do it. Yeah. And that was the only way to do it. And now I'm at a place where it kind of like what you're saying, like I'll wake up in the morning and I'll do like my yoga stretches, my energy medicine, and I'm doing all my tapping and like all the things and I'm praying and Slow I'm down. just like, yes, God. What's the tapping? So like, Coming uh, up. like learning about energy, Tap dancing. um, having l- learned about, um, energy medicine yeah. 
and learning about just frequencies and all oh, of those things. Oh, I stand things. in the dirt and to, to get the grounding and the electricity. Yeah. You're talking to the right bitch. Yes. This is not, we're- But that's what I'm saying this is- This doesn't sound I was crazy not, enough to me yet. I wasn't this girl though. Yeah. Like I I was the girl that was like, oh, that's crazy. Like just, yeah. just talk to Jesus. That's all you need to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now I have such a connection with Mother Earth that yeah, I do yeah. enjoy going out into Jesus my backyard. Jesus was barefoot to get the electricity Come from the- Come on. He was grounding. He was. He was. So that's that's kind of where I'm at now. So it was, it's, but I, it, it's, how do we know if we don't know? It's like, we have to get, we we get programmed and uh-huh, then we deprogram uh-huh. and it's the whole deal with 12 step programs is take what you like and leave the rest. Mm-hmm. Just take what works for you. Like customize yeah. what works for you. There are times, I mean, I always say like, I want to say like, yeah, I don't believe in like a God in the sky that like you talk to, but when shit hits the fan, you better believe I'm like, God, (laughs) God. Uh, And then you know that I on some level believe because that's the, when shit really hits the fan, that's who I go to, Uh even though it's just talking to yourself or whatever it is. But I always, I always open with, Sorry, it's been a while. <laughs> and that's where you know on some level, yeah. I think that he's keeping score. I'm apologizing to this right. thing that I'm saying doesn't exist. So yeah. whether that's my old programming or whatever, but on some level, I think when shit hits the fan, it you're probably like, is old programming. I deal with that even deconstructing from Christianity yeah. because we're taught don't pick and choose what you want to believe. You can believe the whole thing yeah. or nothing or, at all. Oh, wow, yeah. So if anybody who is Christian and deconstructing from their faith, meaning they're figuring out what their faith is, what they subscribe to, what they don't subscribe to, what they're like, oh, actually, mm-hmm. I don't think that was right. I think we got that one wrong. You know, yeah. anybody who's doing that work, it's really brave work, especially if you've been programmed yeah. in that religion your whole life. Yeah. And to now say... I don't know. Like, what do you mean gays are bad? They don't get to go to heaven or hell. Wait, hold on. There's heaven or hell? Like, Uh let's talk about that for a second. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there was a lot of things that I was like, Those are two gay clubs, actually, that are really fun. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Heaven (laughs) hell. Guest list. (laughs) Let's go. Um, I'm just saying. I said Jesus on that cross. He's been to a boot camp. You can't have that that body and try to tell me that you're homophobic. I'm just saying. (laughs) With his hair. If, if you guys don't want gays, then why is like Jesus the a cutie? <laughs> why is he such a daddy? <laughs> With the beard and that vibe. Okay. <laughs> it it's it's brave work for anybody deconstructing and just reconstructing what their faith is. And the shame part. So it's oh, like God, the whole yeah. thing is it's <clears throat> religion, Christianity, Catholicism. We do have to deal with the fact that it is a business and was a business. Mm-hmm. And the more you sinned, the more money you paid. And you were absolved of your sin by paying money. So like, if you're a good businessman, you're gonna go, oh, the more things that are carnal, that are enjoyable, that I, we make sins, the more money we're gonna make. Like, that's yeah. just good business, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And every, you know, I think community or movement or that has the best of intentions, Power corrupts and greed takes sure, over, sure, right? Sure. And that's human nature. So it's like sure. Bikram Yoga. The Bikram Yoga guy is a scumbag. You Total. know, the Osho cult. Like, Total. it's tragic because it's they're preying on the very people that are just trying to do uh-huh. the right thing. Yeah. And then it gets cut, caught up in the guilt and the shame thing. And as someone sure. that I was like, oh, religion just said you're a woman, so you were just born bad. Mm-hmm. You make men, you're why men <clears throat> get distracted and want to have sex with you. all the, Like, it's your fault. Yeah, yeah. Um, you are impure. Uh, you can't masturbate. 
um, you know, it's just, you're just bad. You're born yeah. bad. You're, that, yeah. The whole thing is original sin. You're born yeah. dirty. So it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. to go, okay, there's a lot of things that work for me about this, but like that shame stuff, because the engine of addiction is shame. Uh -huh. So uh -huh. all of like my acting out behaviors uh -huh was, oh, I feel ashamed. Now I need to self-medicate with this or mm. I need to, you know, mm -hmm. disassociate with this. And then, so I had to really step away from organized religion because I was like, this shame thing is what, yeah. it's shame drives yeah. like pedophilia. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and hurt people. So as long as you can't say, hey, I did something bad and people go like, it's all good, me too, instead of your, like, yeah. I needed to be able to be human mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. I couldn't, I didn't feel like the rigidity of that allowed it. But now I feel like, I can go back and go, you know what? I kind of like that. Yeah. Maybe maybe don't sleep with your friend's neighbor. Yeah. <laughs> what is it? Or don't sleep with your neighbor's yeah, wife. Yeah, you know, that's some good points in there. <laughs> yeah, some good points yeah, in there. I, I liked I, it. I, I, I'm, gonna, I'm not doing that anymore. Yeah. Tisk tisk. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, but also like, yeah. And then it's also just, I definitely think for a while, you know, if someone had a strong religion, I was like, they're not going to. Right, right, right. I'm just going to feel I'm going to ruin their relationship with God. <laughs> like God's not going to like them as much. So yeah. I should just stay away from them. And I was, I was also mentioning to a friend too, like back in those days, exactly what you just said. Oh, she's super religious. She's not going to be down with me. I feel like I came across that a lot. And then I would notice people would, wouldn't be themselves around me. Yeah. They would hold back. Um, there would be, you know, the conversations that they were like, oh, we just would think you wouldn't want to be involved in this type of conversation. And the sad part is probably at the time, I probably wouldn't have wanted to be in those yeah. conversations. And now I'm at a place in my life where I can just have the most honest, real conversations with my friends and they know there's no judgment coming. The it's always the right time deal. Hey, want to go to Mickey D's for lunch? Ooh, let's go now. <laughs> but it's not lunchtime yet. If we're going to McDonald's, it's always the right time. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. There's a deal for every lunch hour at McDonald's. Now's the time to get two for $3.99. Mix and match a four-piece McNuggets, a McDouble, a McChicken, or a hot and spicy McChicken. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. From Jesus me. did hang out with prostitutes. Sure did. So I feel like you could have hung out with me. <laughs> <laughs> we would have been okay. We now take a break in Two Women Yapping to talk about what you probably need to be able to hear my opinions for this long. <laughs> gummies. Diet smoke gummies. They deliver the perfect medium high. They're not light. They're just right. Because you know the problem with weed edibles? Yeah. Yes, <laughs> I, know I do. Almost ruined my life. <laughs> you get way too high. Maybe we just scale it back. Scale back. Maybe yeah. scale it back. Yeah. Take one of these edibles mm -hmm. and watch Yellow Jackets. Yeah. Legal THC ships to most states. Check out dietsmoke.com to make sure they ship to you. Organic and all natural. Each diet smoke gummy is infused with 10 milligrams of THC derived from American grown hemp. If they don't ship to you, move. Satisfaction guaranteed. Diet Smoke is so confident that you'll get their perfect medium high with their products. They'll refund your money if you're not 100% satisfied. Can I tell you? I took these gummies with mm -hmm. Crystal Smith when mm -hmm. we were writing for the Josh Richards roast. Uh -huh. It just took away the fear and the anxiety that makes me go, oh, that's not funny. Don't right, take right, that right. risk. Or like, right. it, I was like energized and clear and like running a writer's room. It's a medium high. When CBD isn't enough and bong rips are too much... <laughs> 
When you and they make your house smell like shit. When you and- can't rip a bong during work, enjoy the smooth, <laughs> relaxing high of diet smoke. Right now, diet smoke is When you're off- on a plane <laughs> and you checked your bong, <laughs> diet smoke is here to help. They're offering... And they did you a solid by making the packaging look like mints. <laughs> oh, Thanks, Diet Smoke. Thanks, Diet Smoke. <laughs> right now, Diet Smoke is offering our listeners an incredible discount. When you go to dietsmoke.com and use promo code WHITNEY, you'll get 20% off all their Delta HTHC gummies. Go to dietsmoke.com, promo code WHITNEY to get 20% off. That's dietsmoke.com, promo code WHITNEY for 20% off Diet Smoke THC gummies. You like Diet Coke? You're going to love Diet Smoke. <laughs> This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, as if you didn't know, <laughs> by listening for just one well, minute. No, because I, when I, I meet our fans of this podcast mm-hmm. and they are, have their shit together, the only problem a lot of them have is not knowing how much their shit is together. You know right. what I'm saying? They're, well, those who can't teach. <laughs> <laughs> how dare you? Speak for yourself. Um, and so I see where a podcast where we end up talking about a lot of mental health stuff, hopefully in a funny way most mm-hmm, of the time, mm-hmm. um, the kind of people are seekers, mm-hmm. you know, but I think it's important that that for people that talk about getting help in therapy mm-hmm. also go. And if you want to do that, too, because mm-hmm. we're always seeking and there's always more to do on ourselves, regardless of how perfect you are, except for Emily, mm-hmm. who is cooked. Mm-hmm. Do not change Fully a thing. Mm-hmm. Don't change a thing. Mm-hmm. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional therapy done securely online. You can log <laughs> into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. You can sit in your own uncomfortable chair you bought for yourself because you have low self-esteem. Special offer for good for you listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash Whitney. Speaking of Whitney, my favorite segue. Where are you going to be? Going to be in Grand Rapids, Michigan, um, because that's what stars do. And that's where they (laughs) go. go. I'm going to be at the GLC Live. No one knows what that stands for. I'm starting to wonder if it's a typo. (laughs) You typo? GLC Live at 20 Monroe. There's no way that's the name of the venue. Um, it, this is kind of like how I pushed the Miami show for six months, and it was Miami, Oklahoma, and not Florida, and we sold no tickets. I'd like, like to say it wasn't I was here like, for that, but I'm I was. coming to Miami! <laughs> Bring your swimsuits, bitch! It was like, mm, like, like, hot take? I, I don't Google myself. Who knew? Uh, March 18th. Am I going to be screwing around? In L.A., enjoying my life. Nope. Building a relationship with the wonderful man that I keep sabotaging a future with. Am I going to be trying to have biological kids Mm -mm. since that window is very quickly closing? I think it's a door, but you know what I mean. It's a swinging door. Okay, it's a window. (laughs) I'm going to jump out of it if I have to. It's a jail cell. I'm not going to be doing any of that. Mind me taking care of myself, Mm. training this new puppy Mm -mm. that has the ability to kill a human whenever it wants in five years. No, 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 no. I'm going to be in Portland, Maine, which should not be abbreviated as M-E, but now's not the time to get into that. I can't deal with your shitty acronym right now. Mm-hmm. Portland me. Mm-hmm. Portland, Maine. Shouldn't well, it be slippery. Portland M-A, no, but that's Massachusetts. Ma- it's a slippery slope. But then, Massachusetts should be M-S, I but think. But that's Mississippi. Huh. Mississippi should be M-I. But why can't we it can't. be M-I-S? We, Michigan. MI is Michigan. And then if you think Michigan, and um, yeah, it's a, it's a slippery slope. Y'all have been put to the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> and I think that's fucked up. Mm-hmm. You, Maine, wasn't Maine 
discovered way before those states or made up? You know I'm right. We took it a lot earlier. The 13 colonies was Maine, one of them? So you're letting Mississippi, Michigan, all these fucking states that came after Uh, you take the best acronyms. I was a history major. Was Maine one of the... No, Maine wasn't. It doesn't seem like it was. It wasn't one of the original 13. also... Maps are all wrong, by the way. Mm-hmm. FYI, there's no way any maps are correct. <laughs> That's a side conversation. Number two. <laughs> we have a lot to get back to. Hold on. Number two, Merrill Auditorium, March 18th. Number two, Portland, Maine. Well, it's obviously a port city, so it probably was being used in some capacity. Maybe it was owned by Canada or something. If only there was a machine <sighs> where we could get all this data. In, if only there was a duck, duck, go. Um, Portland, Maine. I just feel like as someone that has an email that's my name and then a number. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Maine wasn't this one is like This is like being Emily6 at gmail.com. Emily Noonan6 at gmail.com. Well, I guess what? I was almost about to say my email address. I, did, by the way, I <laughs> totally <laughs> almost did. I was like, as well, someone no, that has the I email. Had to, I had to abbreviate it because it, someone, Emily Noonan is a physical therapist in San Francisco. Oh, by the way, I do have an email for you about your vacation to Seychelles. <laughs> I will forward it along. Also, I need your services, <laughs> please. You're also, can I borrow some money? <laughs> you spend most of your time trying to go to a physical therapist. Yeah, she's a physical therapist. Isn't that funny? Emily Noonan at gmail.com. And you are a... <laughs> you are. need a physical touch. <laughs> March 19th, if you're still listening, which I'd lose respect for you if you were. <laughs> Laconia, New Hampshire, Colonial Theater. Uh, let's colonize the Colonial Theater to... Together. Now, New Hampshire was one of the original 13 colonies. Okay. But not Maine. Okay. New Haven, Connecticut. <laughs> I'm coming to the College Street Music Hall. Or is it collage? Are we sure it's college? It's college. Are we sure? It's not. The, I, the, oh, I'm sorry, puppy. Why would it be collage? How do you spell collage? C-O-L-L-A-G-E. Oh, see, that's. That's that's why we have Emily on board here. <laughs> the only She's reason human I- autocorrect. <laughs> March 26th will be in Albany, New York at the Egg. Remember when we used to carry eggs around like mm-hmm. as as kids? Because they're like, this is what it's going to be like to carry a baby. <laughs> Traumatic. April 1st, Austin, Texas. Yay! will be at the Paramount Theater. April 2nd, Dallas, Texas. Majestic Theater. Uh, last couple times I did... Uh, those venues, at least before the pandemic, was House of Blues. So I'm very excited to be oh, um, performing in some of these uh, venues that, um, look, it's a dream. It's a dream. In a life that's one nightmare after another. <laughs> I finally get to have a dream while I'm awake. Hometown show, May 20th. I'm going to be in Tyson's Corner, Capital One Hall. The name of a bank that I probably owe money to or wouldn't give me a loan solely based on um, my brand. Toronto show. Mm-hmm. There's a new date because we had to cancel it because of the pandemic. I'll be at the Danforth Music Hall. Hey! Sorry, this puppy is biting. Wow, he's on fire today. I know. Well, he's mouthing and he's teething. But I love you guys. Yeah. And you guys come first, always, as I'm just bleeding from the face. <laughs> for so many reasons. Back to our guest, who, um, frankly, didn't know what they got themselves into. <laughs> what is in your writer? I've never asked a comic this. So... Your manager's here, so you're not going to be able yeah. to lie to me. <laughs> I, um... It's changed over the years. I'll tell you what it used to be back in the day because that's when a it was Bible a little bit more. B? No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I would have a blanket, okay, and a pillow. Michael on Jackson's my writer. son. Uh, no, just a full fuzzy, <laughs> nice little. Because you like to nap before the shows. 
So my um, anxiety yeah. would manifest itself uh-huh. in a few ways. One is I would get really cold. So yeah. I always needed a blanket. Two, I would get really tired. I would start yawning. Yeah. And so I was like, give me a pillow so I can lay down. I'm going to turn the lights. I'm going to take a nap in between shows, like whatever it is. And um, it wasn't until years later that I realized that that was signs of my anxiety yeah. until I started getting my anxiety in check. Then I didn't need the blanket anymore. I didn't need a pillow. I wasn't tired. Yeah. I'm fine. Yeah. But my anxiety is shutting my body down. So once I learned that, I got rid of those things on my rider. And I used to have things like um, Pepto-Bismol, t- yeah, I would yeah, get diarrhea, yeah, yeah. anxiety, like all the things. Yeah. But now it's really just like um, fruits and veggies. Uh-huh. Because uh, trying to be healthy in a comedy yeah. club is hard to do. I mean, yeah. I have the fruits and veggies always there, but I still order the fries. And Number like all one the thing I, I, only thing I ate uh, for, um, God, Eight years, comedy club. What to always order at a comedy club? Baked what? potato. Baked potato. It's the only safe thing. Wow. I would only. It would always be three baked potatoes. Whoa. I would. I would take one back to the hotel with me. The only way to like not, for sure, not get food poisoning in St. Louis, mm-hmm. to for because I would always be like, I'll have the Cobb salad, and you're like, no, like just. And it's and, and most comedy club food now is actually too good. I have some notes about <laughs> the improv actually because I'm like people are actually eating. Focus on the show. <laughs> like the food is now like right. good. It's tri-tip. Yeah, Let's I'm stop. like I know. I'm like what the fuck is that? Like what? There, there's like buffalo cauliflower things now, and I'm like this is no one's gonna be listening to the comedy. Like yeah. just the food has to be a little worse um, for these jokes to hit better. Um, but I would love to. Uh, uh, talk about your anxiety. It's something that I have said before on the show because, you know, like a little anxiety is sometimes just our body giving us information. And I think that sometimes, you know, because there's anxiety, there's the kind that's a disorder. There's a difference between being depressed and having depression, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And if it's chronic and constant, if you're anxious for a job interview once or twice, that's normal. You Mm -hmm. should have that. Yes. But if this is something that is making your life unmanageable, because I think a lot of people now, young people believe they should never have anxiety ever. Mm. And it's like, I got anxious. And I was like, what happened? It was like, well, I was about to go give a speech at the school play. I'm like, yeah, that's normal. Yeah, yeah. You don't need to be on medication yet. Just that's a good sign. Yeah. That means you're not a psychopath or sociopath. Like, this is good. You know? I felt like I started shifting my relationship with my anxiety to um, recognizing and instead of like, Oh, I hate you. Yeah. Ugh. But showing gratitude and be like, okay. It's your body trying to protect you. Thank you so much um, for trying to protect me. And for all this diarrhea. This, I really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, from this weekend of shows <laughs> that I'm about to go do. But honestly, like, I'm good. You're going to be fine. You just go for three days and you come right back. And I start doing self-talk to myself. Nice. Nice. And I started doing, um, I would get anxiety like, if I had two weeks off before I had to go hit the road again, it wasn't really two weeks off. It was two weeks of anxiety about when I have to go back. So then I started oh, wow. uh, shifting that to when the anxiety would come up, mm-hmm. I would recognize it and I would say, hey, um, I, I'm going to let you feel your feels. Like mm-hmm. you can feel that anxiety, mm-hmm. but we're not going to feel it until maybe a day or two Huge. before we have to leave. Huge. So I'm going to give myself these next 10 days mm-hmm to just be easy. And it's amazing how that would just calm myself Mm -hmm. down because I wasn't saying you don't get to feel this. I was saying you can feel this, but not yet. Scheduling it. I have to be followed up with so many times just, hey, do you want to perform 
at this casino or not. You avoid. Girl. Until they're like, we're Pat. Because, but here's the thing. This is, this is my shit. I love this because the app, not giving an answer is an answer. Over time, in the absence. So if I have, if I haven't said yes for three days, the answer is no. Mm. You know what I mean? But yeah. it's not, I, I, I'll go, let's, if it's meant to be, they'll ask again. Like, because yeah. <laughs> I, I want to avoid making yeah. the commitment. That's what, it's commitment yes. issues. Like, yes. I have full-on commitment issues. Yes. Because I also like, have, I also have, I'm going broke issues. Where sure. I'm like, I'm always going broke. Sure. My scarcity complex, but then I'm like, I can't commit to making money. <laughs> so yeah. I'm sort of like, in this fucking shit show. Totally. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm like, okay, that's all the way in September. It's in my two weeks that I have. I don't know if I'm going to be a comedian oh, in September. That, listen, like, I don't know what September is going to be like, like yet. If I, if I take this date in September, I'm telling the universe I won't have a TV show by then. Yeah, and totally. I'm, I'm, I'm already have failed at my nine other dreams. If Girl, I'm acknowledging. I've been like, well... I don't know if I want to do that because that's when like pilot season is February and then there's Upfront so make sure I don't have any shows for Upfront. Yeah. I haven't even booked <laughs> a show and I'm planning for Upfront. And by the way, and you know the more shows you book the more people are going to want you because you're unavailable <laughs> and it's just like and as soon as you stop needing the business because you already have your own empire right. going, that's when they want you, ironically. Right, right. So it's just like, it's it's like if you want to book a job. I mean, I started doing this when I was 25 or 26. It was before, because Emily was my assistant first. Now she's my boss. But this was before. I um, We did um, peels together and <laughs> we're both molting. We're both peeling off. It's I like see, sloughing I off. see you. Like, <laughs> I'm collecting it. I, it's, it literally, it's, sheets are coming off your face like a pastry. Just sheets. Oh, no. And she can't even smile all the way. It's like some nice fresh parm we over did, a salad. Oh, 100%. Like, we did it's cool laser, or whatever it is, fried our faces. And I don't think we understood the downtime. It's going to be this bad. <laughs> I mean, you, it is don't touch. Don't peel it. I but there, you, I do uh, see like blotches. <laughs> Can you just not put your face near the wall? <laughs> but yeah, I'm sitting here and I'll just like look down. I'm like, oh, like I mean, it's just skin. The skin is coming off. And these are really good cameras. So they definitely are <laughs> I know, catching this is, every I know, this is We're not rolling on me at all. We're going to put a, uh, my robot in later and uh, edit around it in post. I just realized the time where I think comedians really got jealous of you. Is the irony is when you did Alvin and the Chipmunks. Really? <laughs> it's, it's, it's so crazy to say that out loud now. Why? The idea that people are like, oh man, she's in the Alvin and the Chipmunks movie. Fuck, man. Like, it's what? just like, it's such a, it's just, a, it's just so funny to me. I remember the billboards were everywhere and I was like, oh man, she's winning, winning, winning. And it's just like, it's an amazing thing to be a part, but it's just so funny just how absurd. Yeah. Je jealousy is yeah it definitely is and it's it's the um she's over know, there like trying to entertain kids fuck her <laughs> <laughs> i hate her i know it's like i mean you know with the horses and they put the blinders on so mm -hmm. you just stay focused on your lane it's that kind of thing even with this journey and i've had to remind myself many times in especially with social media being able to see my peers and what they're doing. And so it's one thing like yeah. when you're riding high, you yeah. can still compare yourself to somebody else who's also riding high and being You'll like, oh, wait, should I be doing that though? Yeah. Should I be directing too? Like maybe I should go um, go shadow a director. Well, I don't want to be a director. Why would I want to do that? Just because I saw my friend doing that. Yeah. And now I should go try to be a director. Like all of these things be like, no, just like stay focused in your own lane. And um, 
Because they're probably directing because they couldn't do stand-up. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's also like we, and we forget that like the world needs contrast. But I think that this, a lot of comedians, because we had to take matters in our own hands, I started writing for myself because I wasn't getting jobs. Because I was too loud. I was too shrill. I wasn't the girl next door. I, you know, like I didn't, I would always come in second. Um, uh, so, oh yeah. So being extra, was that, were you like, I know I'm going to, have my own show where you like, I'm, I'm researching this. Yeah. Um, so I basically got to take free class from Jennifer Aniston, Lisa Kudrow, Courtney Cox, David Trimmer, Matt LeBlanc, Matthew Perry, because I was an extra on Friends for season nine and 10. That was my very first job in the entertainment industry. I had just moved here after the Super Bowl because I was a cheerleader for the Oakland Raiders. The only reason why I even tried out for the Oakland Raiders was because I wanted it to be my sign if I should pursue the entertainment industry or not. So I went and I auditioned. I made the squad. I did it for one year. We went to the Super Bowl that year, came home from the Super Bowl, packed up my station wagon, and I drove to L.A. Went to the Super Bowl largely because of the motivation. (laughs) Given the by the cheerleaders. Oh, duh. Yeah. That was all <laughs> You're like, to be clear. <laughs> which I'm going to say something because I have, I've had Monica Aldama on the show uh, who is the head coach for Navarro Cheer, right? She's a really good friend of mine. I'm obsessed with it. I used to, because I was a basketball player and was jealous of the cheerleaders. And when I was at the school that had cheerleaders in Virginia, it was very much like very toxic femininity. It was like, be aggressive. And we're like, thank you. We got it. We know. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Like, you know, it was like they had the bows and we were kind of the like tomboys, the, the athlete, the football players didn't like, you know what I mean? And so it was like we were really pitted against cheerleaders. Mm-hmm. And then over the pandemic, I watched like I always just like I used to have jokes about, you know, cheerleaders mm-hmm. in my act. I made my first special like sports. Perfect example. Football. You guys are watching football and you've got these amazing athletes on the field doing amazing things. Incredible. They're flying. They're doing phenomenal things. Not enough for you. You still need whores around the perimeter (laughs) of the field. God forbid there be two seconds without a tit in the background of something you're watching. (laughs) Cheerleaders crack me up, man. So funny to me because that's so obviously a guy's idea. You know, like a guy obviously thought of that because the cheerleaders still cheer even when their team is fucking losing, they cheer. No real woman would ever act like that. If her man was out on the field for five hours on a Sunday, bombing, she wouldn't be like, go baby, go, go. She'd be like, Jason, we're leaving. And uh, and I watched and I was like, holy shit. I am so ignorant about this. This mm. is the most badass, this is the most impressive shit yeah. I've, of any sport. And I've been, I grew up doing that cheerleading my whole life. I did competitive tumbling stunts cheerleading. So I didn't want to audition for the Raiderettes because that wasn't my style. That was just well, more also like the, pretty Here's what my point is. Why aren't cheerleaders getting paid more? I was, when the, when that Chiefs game happened, I um, tweeted, I was like, go Chiefs. Now let's change the name and let's, let's pay the cheerleaders. Like that, like why aren't Navarro cheerleaders leaving that and then going and doing, getting paid a good amount of money to mm-hmm. be, because it's like they're not going to yeah. attract the kind of people that are going to do that if they don't start paying. Right. This whole not paying the cheerleaders thing is just wild to me. Yeah. And they're not even allowed to cavort with the players. <laughs> yeah. And that would be the only other reason to fucking do it. Yeah. Was to get that sperm <laughs> in you. <laughs> Positive you know what I'm saying? Because isn't that a rule? Oh, yeah. There's no fraternization between players and cheerleaders and coaching staff. Um, but the interesting thing at the time was uh, the Raider, the Raiderettes were the highest paid cheerleaders in the NFL at $85 a game. 
sick. Doesn't that not include practice? Oh, we don't get paid for practices, only game day. We have practices three days a week. Um, and so we, you have to have another job. Oh, yeah. Most this of them, is not a job. This is a, a hobby. You have to have a job. $85 a game and you don't get paid till the end of the season. And you don't even get to meet the players or the coaches or the no. owners. So you're not supposed to. So, <laughs> um, what's interesting is at the time, the Oakland Raiders was the only organization that didn't have the rule of no fraternization between players and cheerleaders. Oh, oh you chose wisely. But it okay. was still <laughs> frowned upon. Okay. So when I remember when I first like, joined this Christianity. squad. I've yeah. been frowned upon. Yeah. I don't need your help. I'm like, I got it. I got I'll it. take it from here. Shame, <laughs> that's my game. But they, we had to do etiquette classes. We had to do all kinds of things for the Raiders. And they told us, like, there's no fraternization pe- between players and cheerleaders in the NFL except for the Oakland Raiders. However, it is frowned upon. And okay. so that was their way of being like, don't let us catch you. There's a couple the things I've seen NFL players do that I frown upon also. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Should we talk about those? Right, 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 right. So I did it for that one year. Yeah. Went to the Super Bowl. Moved to L.A. And my first job was being an extra on Friends. And so I got to do that for season 9 and 10. Loved every minute of it. I got to take free class from them. Watch and learn. And soak it all up. And so I think because of that, that's how I started. It's always been my dream is a multicam sitcom. Like if I could just get my multicam sitcom, like that is my dream world. And I remember writing bringing back to, you know, comparing ourselves to others and stuff. I remember writing Which, my journal. Which can I just journal. say, something that changed my life when someone said, compare to me in program, comparison is the worst form of violence against yourself. Ooh. So, you know, sometimes you hear one thing, it might sound like a platitude. Yeah. But like, if you just hear it at the right time, you're like, whoa, I'm just yeah. cutting myself. A little yeah. less severe. Huh? <laughs> a little less severe is comparison is the thief of joy. Yeah. That's what, that I tell, that's what I tell myself and instead of, comparison is cutting yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that comparison is the thief of all yeah. joy, and that's what but that is very interesting. I don't I don't I don't think that the stealing resonate. is always bad. Thievery is sometimes good. Sometimes you gotta steal like sometimes people don't deserve to have what they have. But you you're stealing your own joy. Yeah, yeah but mm, I never had joy. So I'm <laughs> okay, okay. now implying well, that I had like joy at some point. I never had joy to steal. But I can, yeah. Don't your, her middle name is Joy. Like that, you have an invested. You have an agenda with yeah, this. Girl. Agenda. But I, that's why I brought it <laughs> she's up. She's trying to push her merch. She's trying, <laughs> she's trying to make a slogan for herself over there. She's trying to build a brand. Go, uh, you, yeah. Let, we love that phrase. We'll put it on a shirt. Um, but yeah, I need to hear things in a really savage way. Yeah. So anyway, but please um, uh, keep going on what you were going on. So um, oh, cheerleaders. Yeah, so after friends. Raiders, I moved to LA, started from But what the did you learn up. from friends? Like what were what were you like, I'm gonna do that or I'm gonna Honestly, watching how they talk to each other, how they talk to the crew, how the writers would come on mm. the set afterwards and punch things up, everything from um just words that I didn't know, like finding your mark, like things. I yeah. didn't know anything. Yeah. Like I was brand Huge. new. I didn't know anything. So I'm like taking in all of this information. Soaking it all up. Watching pros that are respectful because you could have gone on a toxic set. They were the highest paid paid actors on television at the time. Mm -hmm. It was the number one show on television at the time. And I got to be an extra and just literally just watch and learn and and soak it all up. And so um, I've always had this dream of like, oh, my multicam sitcom, like that's what I want. And like just, I remember writing it in my journal. And said, were there like, did you have like your show growing up? 
Like, were you like a Mad About You person or Lo- George Lopez show? I mean, I loved, uh, I mean, I loved Three's Company. Best. I loved, um, I mean, all the family ones, like Family Matters, mm-hmm. Family Ties. Martin um, was a big one the, for me. The Step, the- um, Step by Step? S- step by Step. Yep. Um, oh yeah, Martin for sure. Uh, who's the boss? Oh my God, who's the boss? Angela, hello. Like, yes, I was like, yes. oh my God, it's me. I, um, uh, a, a comedian a friend of mine um, used to do this joke like, 12 years ago, he was, he goes, um, I went to a, um, Bruce Springsteen concert and Tony Danza was in the front row and I was like, damn, who's the boss? (laughs) (laughs) The it's always the right time deal. Hey, want to go to Mickey D's for lunch? Ooh, let's go now. (laughs) But it's not lunchtime yet. If we're going to McDonald's, it's always the right time. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. There's a deal for every lunch hour at McDonald's. Now's the time to get two for $3.99. Mix and match a four-piece McNuggets, a McDouble, a McChicken, or a hot and spicy McChicken. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Yeah. So stupid. <laughs> it's just like a perfect joke. So I need to talk to you guys about something, which is that you know I'm right. Don't get defensive. You don't floss. You don't. You, you can lie to me. You can lie to yourself, but we both know you don't floss. Let's just be honest. And if you think you're floss, you're flossing wrong. You are. I floss. Let's be honest. I'm going to be honest. Up until a couple months ago, I, every time I flossed, hemorrhaging. Mm. I mean, full on <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Halloween costume level blood, mm-hmm. bright red, just blood. Mm-hmm. Cocoa floss. Cocoa Floss delivers superior floss, the softest and most cleansing dental floss to protect smiles. Hold strong, super cleansing, and breath freshening. More than 500 textured interwoven filaments giving it a maximal surface area to snatch plaque and degree from between your teeth and gums, leaving you kissably fresh. I love Cocoa Floss, and I didn't even know about all the filaments, but they work great. Avoid mask breath by flossing daily. Go to cocofloss.me slash Whitney to get 20% off the force full set and free shipping. That's C-O-C-O-F-L-O-S-S dot M-E slash Whitney. And the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. All orders over $20 ship free in the U.S. Don't be a dope. Floss. Whitney left. Um, so <laughs> my dream has finally come true. Um, and now I'd like to talk, uh, now that I have my own show, I'm going to talk about my favorite subject, Rothy's. If you don't want to choose between comfort and style, pick Rothy's. You may have heard of the point and the flat from Rothy's, but they also make insanely comfortable sneakers, loafers, ankle boots, and more. The best part is everything Rothy's makes is better for the planet. They've repurposed millions of water bottles into their signature thread that goes into every single one of their products. That's why I'm drinking this plastic bottle because I know it's going to end up on my feet one day. Normally we drink um, not plastic. I'm going to keep this one for a long time. Get both style and comfort this spring with Rothy's. Plus get $20 off your first purchase at rothys.com slash Whitney. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash Whitney. Now back to our guest and maybe Whitney too. There's ebbs and flows to our careers, to our craft, to 
our wins to our losses. And sometimes it's your season to ride high, which is what was happening for me in 2007, 2008, 2009, when all of that was happening, the nail salon video, the mad TV, the, you know, Alvin and the Chipmunks and all that was happening. And that was my season to ride high. And then in the same way, like the stars move and the moon moves. And then next thing you know, now you're kind of on the, on the descent. And And by the way, thank God, because the best way I believe an entertainer should be in your life is, oh my God, her thing just came. I haven't seen her in a minute. I haven't Mm. seen him in a minute. You know, when like you're, you're, you're missing the person a little bit. And that's what freaks me out a little bit about podcasts sometimes where it's like, if you want to overdose on me, you can. Uh And if someone is listening to three hours of podcasting a week, why are they going to go come see me live? Uh You just uh like, I've seen, I've, I'm with her every day in the the car. Like, I actually need to get away. She's in my town now? Yeah. You know? Uh. (laughs) Or like, I don't need to see her. stalking me. I don't need to see her do stand-up because Mm. all I do is hear her talk about how horrible (laughs) Anyway, touch me to her. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's like, I'm like, we have to also, uh, comedy is fashion and we have to sort of like play this game. I mean, Robert Greene talks about it like uh, in The Art of Seduction is this skilled dance between uh, you know, being available and being mysterious. And mm. also we're artists, which I I know that word is dorky, but like you have to go away and grow. Mm-hmm. You have to like, I'm like, mm-hmm. after the last couple specials, I did, I, I did feel like I was like, how come I'm not doing things? How come I'm not on this show? How come I, this pilot isn't going? And I was like, oh, I'm going away so yeah. that I can grow as a person. Yeah. So I have more, I, I didn't have anything else to say. See, you're lucky that you got that note to yourself because I went through a season, like I was riding high and then I started just like going away. But I didn't have that awareness mm-hmm. of the situation. Which how by the way, the irony work. is, oh, now she's just choosing to go away. Right, like, right, no right. One, no one is like, ooh, she's cold. They're like, and she's going to like take time off and turn stuff down. That's what. Sure. Sure. And then my whole thing is like, oh, man, I was hot for a second. I'm not hot anymore. Like, oh, what's happening? Like that sort of You're thing. You're incubating. Yeah. Now I'm aware after the fact, mm-hmm. you know, after I spent all those years yeah. of being like, what's wrong with me? Nobody likes me anymore. Like all the things instead of being at a place where I can embrace and be like, oh, this is my season that I'm supposed to be in. I got to ride low. I got to work on me. Mm-hmm. I got to evolve as a woman. Mm-hmm. Evolve. I got to deconstruct some things. I got to do all these things. And by the way, Joan Rivers, enter talking. Um, she talks about that a lot really elegantly and about how like, you know, because we got this programming that as a woman, you know, my favorite show is The Comeback, uh, which is, I think, the best way describing that, you know, in our business, women at four. I mean, I started getting offers for mom roles when I was like 27. Hmm. You know, I like it was like I was the mom now. It's mm-hmm. like I have no maternal instincts. All I do is make jokes about aborting children. How am I getting these offers? Yeah. This yeah, is yeah. crazy. Yeah. You know, that's how much of a mom I am now, according to you guys, because I'm 27. Yeah. But that we had this programming and then high def television came along and that was a real setback. for this women. <laughs> That was a you. real setback. Um, oh, my gosh. And then uh it just magnified, I mean, magnified, you know, every wrinkle on your face. And then, um, but my heroes are Ronnie Dangerfield and Joan River and people that like we get as comedians, once we put the 10,000 hours in is around this time. Mm. Like this is wow. when we are at our greatest. Mm. Like think about all your heroes that are comedians, like mm-hmm. amount, everything you've done now, now it's like with the wisdom that only comes with age, with all that 10,000 hours on stage, like we're just getting great. When they say uh, youth is wasted on the young, that is never, that is so true. Whoever that- says that doesn't know about my dermatologist. 
<laughs> it is, man. If I had this wisdom when I was young, Jesus. But would, but it's the wisdom that only comes with age. Exactly. I think even if we had access to all this, like we had to learn the hard way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I... You know how I much worse go- it would have been if you were friends with comedians? <laughs> God. Thank God I had no friends. Oh, man. And it's crazy because when we're young and we don't have the wisdom that we have now, like when I go back and I'll read an old journal and see things that I was struggling with at the time that I was, you know, debating about that I was dreaming for and hoping for and like my prayers and, and I have stacks and stacks of journals and I can go through these and sometimes I'm like, thank God I didn't get that. Thank God Mm -hmm. I never dated that guy. Thank God we broke up. Oh my God, dodged a bullet. Like all the things. But when you're in it in the moment and you're young and that's all you can see, hear, and think. And so it's interesting how my journals have progressed now and and where I'm at in my life today. But I almost threw myself in front of a car when I was 22 because I didn't get a VH1 pilot. In real? Real life? In real life. I was like, it was like, (laughs) Emily... (laughs) I mean, I'm being dramatic, but I remember being like, like it wasn't what if even I just like, stepped in front of this car right now? What if I was talk about a network without a game plan? <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's a Theo Vaughn story um, where I ran into Theo Vaughn once in uh, an airport. You know, when you like, I love, you know, when you run into a comedian in the airport. Yeah. And it's just like, even if we don't know each other, yeah. there's just something like, hey, we're both doing mm-hmm. this grind and mm-hmm. like, we're both zombies. And, and you know, and I had known Theo for a while, just when people are like, ask about what Theo's like, like this is just Theo in a nutshell. We had done tons of colleges together. I probably knew him for five, five years. And if you see a comic, you know, in the airport, it's just like, ah, it's just like, everyone reacts like, where are you going? Where were you just? Oh shit, you want the punchline? I was just like, it's just, yeah, yeah. there's like a hundred of us that can have this, these com- inside conversations that no one, understands, no one else understands what we're saying. Mm-hmm. If I didn't stutter, I could, you could even understand what I was saying. Yeah. Um, but I'm trying to tell this quickly because I want to get back to um, what you're saying. So I sit down and you know, there's like chairs up against each other. Mm-hmm. Theo is like, his back is here. Like his rat yeah. tail is here. <laughs> and I look over. His rat tail and is I, dipping and into <laughs> your seat. <laughs> I feel a rat tail in my shoulder. Yeah. And I look Sir. over. And yeah, um, instant orgasm. And <laughs> I see and I'm like, Theo? And he's like, it's like five in the morning. Yeah. We're in like Charlotte. It's some weird gate that's yeah. like a little, pl- it's like, you know, and he just, he, he, he literally, without missing a beat, just looks at me and he goes, hey, looks up at the TV and just goes, VH1, talk about a network without a game plan. <laughs> <laughs> Not like, hey, w- where are you coming from? Did he recognize you? Yeah, I mean, I think. <laughs> you know, I like, he was, was like, like oh, he, this fan, let me just but, but, if he didn't know it was me, why would he talk? It was like, it was just, that's just Theo in a nutshell. And I look back and I'm like, oh my God, what if I had gotten that? Mm-hmm. And I was on a, and I was on a VH1 show forever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they had no game plan. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So it was like, I didn't know yet rejections, God's protection. And like, as a comedian, I love the wisdom that comes with age because I now, when something bad happens to me, two of like faults. I have like, it's like kink. It's like, oh, dude, I'm going to get the best story out of this. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to get, because the first time I got a car, I filled, uh, I got my own car. It was a hybrid and I filled it with diesel fuel the first day. No, bitch, no. Bitch. <laughs> I pulled up. <gasps> what? 
the nozzle. There was a, a two black ones. This is a, a new car. I need the best. No, gasoline. there was one that was the cool. one by itself. It like, was this green. Doesn't seem expensive enough. No, it was <laughs> it was green, and I was like, oh, Healthier. a green nozzle. It's like good for the environment. This is like the good oil, and then. I in the hybrid, so this is probably it. And then I go to, and then people are like, "What? The nozzle doesn't fit." No. And I'm like, I have like a new car. They don't have the new nozzle. (laughs) Like they're not even. I'm so ahead of these fucking dinosaurs. (laughs) So I'm just gonna hold it up. Like those poor things. I can't. You cannot stop me from doing this. Like no red flags or obstacles are gonna stop me from doing this. And then <laughs> it was like right by the comedy oh, store, that one on Halloway no. and whatever. And it's like, glug, glug, and I'm like, no. using my, I'm like full. I'm like, oh, God, I got, you're water falling I'm in. Like, you guys, you guys got to get the new nozzles, man. Like I'm literally like, you do I do a Yelp nozzles. review? Like this is annoying. This is dangerous, you guys. Oh, like no. what if someone smokes? Like this could start. And then the car, like the thing doesn't Shit. go. It's like, it's like not going. And I'm like, oh, bring a new car. Of course. Of course, this would happen to me. I got a lemon. And, uh, <laughs> And then it was when I, they had to tow the car in to the Lexus dealership. And I had done something with Lexus, so they gave me a deal on it. The men that worked there were like visibly like upset. Like the, like the, the, the repairmen and the auto, like they were, it like hurt their hearts to see. And they were like, how long did you drive on this? They were like, like, it was like I had done something horrible to a child. Like they were just watching this beautiful machine oh, just get destroyed. No. I told that story in my uh, first special, and I was like, if I hadn't had that horrible thing happen, I wouldn't have had that story. Mm-hmm. And now every time something bad happens, I, to the point to where like I'll get on a flight and I'm like, I hope this gets canceled. Like then I'll get. Mm-hmm. A, I hope my luggage. What if my luggage didn't make it? Like mm-hmm. I'd have a good job. You know, like I think that because we're able to alchemize and sublimate sort of the bad things that happen to us into entertainment. I think we got a little lucky in that sure. regard. Sure. Um, the sting is definitely still there. Yeah. Of yeah. Rejection. We <laughs> yeah. we filter it differently. Yeah. We, yeah. we place it in, in different places. Um yeah. even, well, I'm on Prozac. So even <laughs> most uh recently, uh last year, I was up for a really big project. Mm-hmm. And one it was called Rust. To get your to be the cinematographer. <laughs> I hate you a lot. <laughs> um Dodgeable. It was <gasps> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Whitney Marie Cummings. Whitney Marie. <laughs> That's such a funny, like, decision that my middle name is. That is so funny. It's the same choice. It's, it's Anthony pretty... Bethany Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> In what world is that your middle name? <laughs> um, okay, this big project, I was up for it, but one, to allow yourself to get to a place where you get your hopes up, mm. where you let yourself hope for something, because mm-hmm. you fight it. You're like, ah, like you want to manifest it, but at the same time, you don't want to be disappointed. Because if I acknowledge I'm, I, I need to manage my expectations so I don't get hurt. Sure. But if I manage my expectations, I'm not 100% going for it and putting yeah. myself in the arena and take it. Like you have to go, no, I'm getting this. Yeah. Something that I I wrote about was that I, I'm the queen of changing my perspective. Mm-hmm. Being like, okay, you didn't book it, but at least you're in these conversations. At least so-and-so knows about mm-hmm. you now. At least so-and-so did it, da 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 And it, it was one of those moments where I was like, um, 
I want a win that's a yeah. win from all angles. And, and by I don't the way, have to manipulate. You can also over therapize or over gratitude. You know, you can go like, well, at least I got the uh-huh. No, I deserved it. I want it. Yeah. And I'm annoyed. Yeah. And I need to keep, hold on to this feeling because I want to win. And next time I'm going to win. Because there is the only problem with our, our the only problem with our business. What? <laughs> uh, you guys, there's one problem. I have one, <laughs> there's one problem with Hollywood. Um, no, which is that a lot of it is just fucking unfair. And then it's a crapshoot. It's like, you can only control so much. And then it's like, like, you know, you reminded the producer of his ex-wife or the role went away or mm-hmm. they couldn't afford you because you were in the wrong country or they right, needed right. a high, local hire or there was a union. There's so much that's out of your yeah, control. Yeah, yeah. But I think now is our time to not be, it's the time of the underdog. It's the time to not be the one that's like, well, I came in second. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. I never thought I'd get here. It's like, mm-hmm. no, 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 bitch. I'm going to come in first. But yeah. a lot of times coming in first means creating your own stuff. I mean, Reese mm-hmm. Witherspoon has to make her own stuff. Mm. Jenny has to produce her own stuff. I need to learn how to do it. I need to learn how to produce my own stuff, how to write my own stuff. Like, I can write my stand-up all day long. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, so I, this project that I was up for is um, the new holiday movie with Will Ferrell, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Um, about, uh, you know, Christmas, Ghost of Christmas, Past, Present, Future. Mm-hmm. They called me about playing the ghost. Yeah. So, me too. Uh, but I was, uh, I was, I looked too old and I was too pale. <laughs> You're too accurate. Were you up for okay. the ghost? Was it really? I was uh, up for uh, the Christmas past, ghost of Christmas past oh. or ghost of Christmas present. I forget which one. Um, but it's a musical. There's uh, dancing. There's singing. Mm-hmm. All the things. Mm-hmm. I got you. I got you. What do you, what do you need from me? And um, the director loved me, really wanted me for this project. Mm -hmm. And like we got on a Zoom call for like two hours, worked through all the sides. It was amazing. Had such a great time. Um, I do, side note, I do find that um, because I am sassy. Yeah. That um, sometimes people like ask for that because it's funny and they laugh, but it's not the right choice for the character. Yes. You know? Yes. And um, so that's kind of what happened in that first audition. And I was like, oh man, this is going down a bunk weekly route and I really don't want to do that. But it's he's But like, why don't I get the job and then have a conversation saying. with them? About that's what it. I'm saying. So I'm like, okay. And and I remember him asking like, are you okay with this choice? And I was like, are you okay with it? Well is I haven't gotten the job yet, liking? so there's no way I can Let me tell you. Uh, disagree with you. So you once like, you give me the job, then uh-huh. we can have this conversation. Do you like what you're you, seeing? And he's like, yeah, I think it's hilarious. Great. We'll go with that. You know what yeah, I mean? Because you know because you know I can't bring it up right now. You both yeah. know that. Then you know, then it's like a whole thing. Actually, we went a little too far. Let's do it again. And I was like, yeah, thank God, because I didn't want that either. And then, but he really wanted me for this role. And he was like, listen, you're the only person I see for this role. I, this is it. I'm writing. By the way, don't tell me that until the contract. <laughs> don't, don't tell me that unless All, all the adjustments true. that I'm making is with your voice in mind. Like all yeah. the things, right? Yep, yep. And I go in like full manifestation, Ugh. full all the meditations, all the journaling. She almost killed herself the, to become a ghost. Let me tell you. <laughs> d- doing some inner child work. <laughs> Flying like, Spirit Airlines. Oh my God. All of them, I went through like 
a lot. I did a lot of processing in this three months that I was up for this role because I was I allowed myself Ugh. for the first time in a very long time to want something. Ugh. So I made myself vulnerable. I had to do a lot of self work to make myself vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And and you guys wonder why actors overdose in hotel rooms. Yeah. It's, it's so I'm I'm doing all this work to make myself vulnerable and to remind myself that I have heard yes before. I have had a win before. I'm trying to do all that like self-talk, like you, you are valuable. You are worth it. You are, you do deserve a seat at the table, like all these things. Right. And so for three months, I fully believed Mm -hmm. I could see myself in, in the billboard. I could see myself in the movie. I was like, this Mm. is mine. I know it is. And then every time I would get on an audition, it was like, okay, you know, we got some notes, blah, blah, blah. Let's do this. Okay, great. And then I'm like, what do you need? You want me to try something different? He's like, no, like, trust me. I want you for the role, blah, blah, whatever. Then it gets down to, um, okay, listen, I want you for this role, but I have to convince a lot of other people. And right now they're not convinced. So I don't know how many times I auditioned for this Also, thing. there is such a thing as not telling me any of that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So There's I, such a thing as too much information sometimes. I feel like in that moment, though, it really fed my... Confidence. Yeah. Underdog. That's what I fucking, that's my shit. You know? And, um. Beating the odds is what I do. I was on hold for this movie for like three. And then keep in mind, like, I have a stand-up tour. I was going to say, you're, don't even, if you gave updates for the, no, no, no. I I didn't, but I, I was fully manifesting Mm -hmm. it by being like, let's not plan anything. Because, um, uh, it seems like. I'm going to be filming a movie. There's a couple people that, um, know nothing about comedy that went to law school who were waiting on their approval of me. Uh, there's tens of thousands of people that, uh, have already paid money to hear me talk that are sold on me. So I'm going to need you to give me an answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, basically the story ends with, um, the studio said no to me. Name the person. Who? I don't even know. Who, bitch? Who? I, I have no idea, but they, and didn't, let me ask they you, didn't get it. Do you, because a lot of times these conversations, like, uh, Pat, we lost the TV. Oh, uh, a lot of times these conversations whittle down to that. And having been in these rooms so much, when it's like, oh, we're going to go this way because this person is a Disney star who has... Mm-hmm. 500 million followers in, mm-hmm. you know, China and India. And then we, you know what I mean? There's all these things where it's like, they can't admit that's why they made that decision mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. that would admit that they're not artists and doing it for the right reason. And then it gets distilled to like, oh, it just, she wasn't right for the part. And you're like, I'm, I'm sure that is not how that conversation went down. And like, you know, in casting Two Broke Girls, it was, I, I feel like, Hillary, when she was on the podcast, she brought it up, but it was Hillary Duff two other very famous blonde actresses that had huge followings, and then Beth Bears, who had, her only credit was- An independent movie. Well, she had been in the American Pie spinoff as like a bartender number two, and she won like a peach pie contest in like a pageant at a, like like in like like rural. It was like on her resume, like, like winner, like peach pie pageants, (laughs) like best fancy walk or something something crazy. (laughs) And she came in and when she was the first one, I mean, thousands. I mean, we saw thousands of people and like the pressure of like, this is the person that she just had that. Mm -hmm. It was very important that although all the actresses that auditioned, we're excellent, and we should be so lucky mm-hmm. to have Hillary Duff mm-hmm. 
Hillary Duff coming out and being like, I'm broke, it just was like, we felt very strongly that it needs to be someone you didn't know mm-hmm. that was just sort of this like alien. Yeah. Opposed to like, oh, there's that girl that I love from that other thing that I know yeah. isn't, bro-. you know, it yeah, just yeah, yeah. Fa- it was just like, we're, in trying to make a multicam yeah. be less fake, which by the way, there's no ceiling and everything's fake. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Huh. The purses don't have, the, 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 the doors don't have locks on them and yeah. there's no keys in anyone's purse. Like, yeah. And just trying to ground that and have this like unknown because, you know, TV makes stars. It doesn't, stars are going on, except for this new streaming thing. Mm. It used to be that TV did not, um, stars didn't make TV, TV made stars. So Friends cast pretty unknown, like mm-hmm. all those. Sh- and so the conversations were not who's the best. The conversations, because it is a business, is, well, this person can get talk show appearances. They can get press. They can get on Letterman. They can mm-hmm. go to China and get, you know, uh, do press over there. And, you know, that is the conversation. And then it whittles down to you weren't right for the part. At mm-hmm. least tell the actor, like, treat them like equals and go, hey, we're going with some. And that's I have no idea what happened with mm-hmm. this movie, obviously. And Lee Daniels actually, I I saw him do this once in an audition when we were uh, making that uh, show for Amazon. And it actually, I had a pant, I I almost puked when I saw it happen, but I realized it was the most humane thing. Someone came in, I bet I could, Josie Tota ended up getting the part, but an actress came in and I, if I looked at the sheet, I'd remember who it was, but I like started disassociating because she gave an incredible audition and he went, that was incredible you're not getting this job. And I will work with you again somehow. You are not right for this, but that was excellent. And he's like, I don't want you leaving here having mm. given an incredible audition. Oh, if I could hear that. And me saying, and I'm like, oh, like I, that's like my nightmare, right? I'm like, oh God, no, we have to pretend we're gonna give it to her because she did such a good job and then waste a week of her life thinking she got yeah. it and then avoid eye contact with her for the rest of time. <laughs> you know, like it was like- Oh, I would love to hear that conversation after And then she's audition. gonna hear from her agent, you did amazing, you did amazing. And then it went, they went in another it. direction. But so he was like, you're incredible. I know your name. We're going to work together again. I'm going to write something for you. Wow. But you're not getting this job. And I don't want you getting in the car going, I fucking nailed that because you did. And then spending time yeah. hating yourself. Thank you. Like, thank God. you. Like, knowing the level you got to at that project, mm-hmm. like something else was going on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Because also, you. If, you, if the director wanted to do that bad and the studio executive didn't get it, those two people shouldn't be working together <laughs> I, on anything. <laughs> I feel like um, I feel like I'm still very new, even though I've been in this industry for a long time. I'm talking too much, but I, I just don't think you have to take on the I haven't learned about this business. Mm. And that's a disadvantage to me because if you knew more about it, you probably would have quit a while back <laughs> and just gone to make soap in New Mexico. <laughs> that sounds <laughs> really like, This is I cannot be right with God and operate <laughs> in this cesspool. Uh, but but yeah, so. That's that. Yes. In my brain, I do want to go like, but holy fuck, you like almost got that. But now it's like it's time to get it. But it's also time to like and I know that this is not this is going to sound shitty. As I say, I don't like saying it, but all those moments, if like write your movie because people are just waiting for it. Let me tell you, my Use husband, this anger. I've, been, I've been married for 11 years, and I think for the past 10 of those years, my husband has been saying, write your own stuff. And I'm like, I'm not a writer. Yeah, but I don't know how to write scripts. By the way, have you read scripts? Writers aren't writers. Have you read? <laughs> When's the last time you read a good one? It doesn't have to be good. <laughs> Someone else will help you. You know what I'm saying? Just, just yeah. something. Yeah. You telling one story is more interesting than most movies. Most movies are just copies of other movies. That, writers don't know how to, most writers don't know how to write. 
So why not you? And also just go like, you know, with, uh, uh, you know, you know, there's going to be more than just Judd Apatow who's mm. going to like take comedians and help them. Make sure. it, you know what I mean? It's like he only has so many hours in a day. Yeah, yeah. But like, just get it. Have you read Save the Cat? No. So read Save the Cat and just start putting your stuff on. You've got 50 movies in you and your perfectionism is just stopping you. That's all. And they'll go get it financed from Todd Garner. And you'll if Burt Kreischer can star in a movie, you can star in your own movie. Okay. <laughs> if they can get Burt Kreischer a movie, I kind of feel, I mean, he can't spell. So if you can't write, he can't see his computer key under his belly. He's in no so, um, and then, you know, Al Madrigal? Yeah. Al Madrigal is like, very, uh, you know, they started a company, um, Al Magical and Bill Burr. They produced my last special. They're producing a bunch of podcasts. Like, they kind of just were like, they started this thing called All Things Comedy, where they were mm -hmm. like, should we talk about comedians like having health insurance or a union? Or like, how do we help comedians that the mm. industry just doesn't get yet? Mm -hmm. Or that deserve to be have platforms? But like, they just, you know. Yeah. You know, think politicians eat babies and you can't say that on main platform, whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. And he is very passionate about, I believe he did a comic book because he's trying to do the first uh, Latin superhero. Yeah. And he's trying to just make movies because he's like, why isn't nobody making movies <laughs> in yeah. Hollywood for Hispanic people? Yeah, yeah, like, This yeah. is crazy. Uh, I love Al. I, uh, I was cast to play his wife in a pilot and then I got recast. I remember getting that call. It was, uh, um, hey, the pilot got picked up. Uh, yes, but you didn't. They're recasting you. Oh, coo, coo, coo. Been coo, there, been there. Coo. Love that part. Love that part. Yeah, but no, I love Al. Yeah, I, and I where's that? Him. What was the He's, show called? Uh, that was About a Boy. Oh. Mini Driver. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was, it was like, the same year. I feel like you won that round. There was, um, <laughs> I remember that year I was up Love also Minnie, but... for uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And mm -hmm. I remember I read the script and I was like, oh my God, this for is so part? up my alley. For um, the two Latina roles now, Melissa and Stephanie's oh, role, yeah, both yeah, of those yeah. roles. So um, I was like, oh my God, it's a silly cop comedy. Yeah. Like that is my jam. I love yeah. crime shows. I love comedy. Let's do this. Yeah, yeah. And I thought the script was hilarious. And yeah. I was like, oh my God, I want this. They're like, okay, they want to test you for two roles. I'm like, oh shit, I'm about to book one. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, when do you get to uh, test for two roles? Like, and I remember going into- Cancel my run in Foxwood. Honey. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. I you said, tell penguins in Pittsburgh they uh -huh. need to call someone else. Cause I'm working, okay? <laughs> I remember going into that audition room and seeing the other girls and being so confident like oh you're just testing for one role okay that's fine okay, don't worry your time will come don't worry <laughs> watch and learn right baby. exactly and just walking out of there be like hmm, i wonder which one i'll get like that was my 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 tude was i wonder which one i'm gonna be the one that uh dates uh uh Andy, or or I'm gonna be the show? one. yeah which one am i gonna yeah. get and they're like hey uh, they went in another direction. Okay, for which role? Uh, both of them. Oh, cool, cool, cool. Okay, sounds good. Sounds good. And then that same year I booked About a Boy. And I remember my whole team at the time was like, you got the right one, though. Everybody's talking about About a Boy. And then that one went away after season no, two. No, we're Hollywood. We're just and talking then, about boys. Yeah. And then it's Brooklyn Nine-Nine forever, which I loved Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I watched the show and I loved it. I was yeah. like, man, I, yeah. I would have loved to have been on this show. But- but yours is yours. What's mine is mine. Your journey, your journey. And we like, you know, what's the quote in the back of my book? 
In the end, only three things matter. How much you loved, how gently you lived, how gracefully you let go of things not meant for you. Hmm. Yes. As she just gets up and leaves. Um, <laughs> like how, when when something isn't meant for us, how yeah. are that we going to, it's like, let go or be dragged. Right. right am I going right. to let go or am I going to just yeah. be dragged by this? Yeah. But to me, it's like, this is the most exciting shit to me because you're in that point where you're like, I deserve all this shit. Mm-hmm. And the universe is like, no, bitch. You need to be writing your own. You need mm-hmm. to be Will Ferrell in that movie. Mm-hmm. You're not ghost number four. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that's because, by the way, then you book it and then a pandemic happens mm-hmm. and, and production shuts down. Mm-hmm. And then it comes out. I don't think this will be the case. Bad reviews. No mm-hmm. one sees it. Comes mm-hmm. out on a weekend where I mean, my book came out the day of the Vegas shooting. Oh, wow. it was like, yeah. I know I was the real victim in that scenario, um, but it was so like you, much. you're like you get it and you get it, and then it's like, or it comes out and your scenes are cut or your favorite takes are gone. Yeah, yeah. There's just always gonna be if you're not in control. Yeah. There's always gonna be that. Then you get it and you're like, well, when's the shoe gonna drop? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. As soon as I get good news, I'm like, oh, who's gonna die? Or by the way, you work. I know you. Who work. do I love that's gonna die? I just book something because I can't have too many good things. Because then you work on the scenes for three months and you're ready, and you get there and they do a rewrite, and you're like, oh, I just worked. A- now I'm cold reading a movie with like something's gonna happen that's sure. just you know. So yeah, I think yeah. the universe is going like, this is your time. Use this energy yeah. to write your movie, and then they'll have to put you in the sequel. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and then now people know if if you don't book us, I'll talk shit about you. <laughs> so it's called leverage, okay? Yeah, white men used to have leverage. Now white women have it for probably a couple more months. So I'm yeah. just going to use it <laughs> as long as I can. Um, okay, I'm just going to have to have faith that I will be able to get you for round two. Yes, because I. I will keep you here forever, but we'll both get UTIs. Yeah. And that was the thing we did in our 20s and not now. Also, I have been listening to your podcast, Mangela. Oh, thank and you. And as someone that, like, as someone that does not believe that relationship advice one size fits all, like, listening to it, it's so, it's like Chris Rock always said, the more specific you are, the more general you are. I was sort of like, when I hear you guys talking about, you talk through relationship advice, you talk— you talk through shit that even, I get uncomfortable sometimes. I'm like, this is a real, they're really doing this. This isn't bullshit. Yeah. Like yeah. it's, you feel real. Thank you. Resentments. You feel yeah. real problems being worked out in real time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Manny would love if I was more honest and open uh, about our relationship. Like I'm the one that's reserved and we'll start, he'd be like, babe, Let's talk about the argument we got in yesterday. And I'm like, uh, I'm. I feel like I'm you're just taking fights so we have podcasts. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm, I'm wait, still figuring out how I feel wait, about wait, it myself. The argument we had yesterday, we're still having it. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Not over. Wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I like, said time out. Bitch, that hasn't even started. <laughs> yeah. What do you mean? <laughs> the argument? I'm sorry. You mean the divorce? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You want to record a signing paper? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> What is yeah, it? Just call, you want to have the judge just come here? Zoom? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Give everyone the link. But it's like, it's it really is like, and in, in, it, it's about staying in the ring. And I think today we all have so many opportunities to just call it and go on Tinder. It used to be there was like five people in your town you could date and marry and you had to kind of stick with them. Now yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. I can go on Tinder right now and find any number of couples looking for a third. Uh-huh. Uh, and, <laughs> yeah. So like, there's so many opportunities to just go like, this is too hard, I'm out. And so many people do give up and so many yeah. people do get divorced. And you're like, well, half of the, the men in anyway, why don't I just call it now? Yeah. It's like, just, it made me really give up a lot of my immature stories about commitment mm. and marriage. Mm. Well, thank you. 
I'm just now adding in my married name after 11 years. This is my first time using my married name. It's wild. I know. Did my you legally tour, change it? Yeah, I legally changed it 11 years ago. But Not. for brand wise, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just stayed Angela Johnson. Yeah. So this is my first tour. The who do yeah, I think just I am tour? People just figured out how to spell it. You can't change yeah, it now. Exactly. <laughs> so now I added. You know what my my inspo was? I was like, if Eva Longoria can do it, mm-hmm. and she's like uber famous, yeah. then I could do it too. Like yeah. Eva Longoria Parker when she was Parker. Eva yeah, yeah, Longoria yeah. Baston. Like yeah. I'm like, if she can do it, yeah, I yeah. can do it. So yeah. I was Kelly like, Coco did it. When then you know she what? took it off after they broke. It was yeah. on the Kevin Hart billboard, and then it was you know it's still. Uh, 11 years later, here I am throwing it on. Did you ever think about merging your names? A lot of people I know are merging it into a new last name. No, no. (laughs) It's not even a real thing. (laughs) What? You're just making up words? That wince was so... That people, a lot of like women I know, I are like, well, we'll just take our names and make it like Brangelina. Like, what's, uh, what's your last name? Roach? Okay, so if we got married, we'd become Roach. (laughs) (laughs) We'd be like, we'd have a new last name. The problem is the guy I'm dating, his last name is Barnes, so we'd become Barnes. So I can't do it, but a lot of people I know are doing that. And then I have a couple friends that have been married. Uh, uh, My twin in Portland, who changed her name and now is going back to her. She's like, I'm still married. I just want to go back to my other name. Yeah. Oh, I would be so insecure if I was. I'd be like, wait, hold on. No, baby, no, no, no. I just don't want to, I don't want anyone to know we're married. Yeah. I, but I'm here. I love you. Yeah. I just don't want anyone to know I'm married to you. Is that weird? Um, <laughs> off topic, though, but your twin is the craziest twin situation I've ever seen. She would tell me, she's like, your fans are so nice. They come up to me. Like, they think I'm, whenever they, she gets mistaken for me a lot. One of my favorite compliments when I leave a comedy club is hearing the wait staff say things like, I love when you come. Your fans are the best. Your fans are so nice. They tip well. Yeah. They drink. They buy food. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I love. And I love seeing yeah. them count their tips and like they're in a good mood. Yeah, yeah. That, like I, that to they're me not is trying one to, of the best they're not, They don't give us monopoly money. Yeah. They don't rush out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's cool. It was Nick Swartzen told the funniest story. Like he knows his because his fans were a lot of like college kids, and he talked about drinking and doing drugs. You know, it's just like you know they're not bad people. They just like to party. Mm -hmm. And he did this venue where um, it was like a you know sometimes we'll do like a music hall or an opera house or like a like a a place where normally there's like plays or something. And uh, he said, he was like, this place is, what do you guys normally do here? And they're, they're like, oh, we just had the Lion King for yeah. four months or something. And he's like, okay, uh, like, is there like security here? And he's like, oh yeah, over here. And it's these like old women yeah. that are like ushers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And he's like, mm, I'm just warning you, my crowd is like a little wild. And they're like, ah, we got it. No problem. We can handle it. We've had kids here to see Lion King. Like, we can handle this. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. then after the show, he said, Mabel's the, man, got it. the manager comes it. up to him and is like, um. <laughs> we found two girls passed out in the bathroom. Okay. Someone uh, is sleeping uh, in the bathroom. <laughs> we broke up four fights. Yeah. Uh, we think someone's dead in the men's room. We were not prepared for that. <laughs> it's like, but yeah, I think, yeah, it's, it's. I, we have so much more to talk about. So much more. But we have to... I mean, I have so many questions that I want to ask you just offline. Just, yeah. I mean, we could record it, too. We don't... But, and you I know mean, what? Here's the other thing. Comedian... I think part of the reason shit just started to really hit the fan with comedians is because the thing that keeps comedians sane is comedians talking to comedians in the hallway because we can both relate to this thing and go, like, everyone doesn't hate us. We're not all getting canceled. People still want... Co- like, we are uniquely qualified only to understand what we go through. And... We started doing podcasts where we 
started having those conversations to for public consumption and we stopped having them offline. Mm. And then shit started to fall apart. Mm-hmm. And I think that we have to now schedule not podcast hangs because mm-hmm. I'm just as guilty as I'll be in the hallway yeah. talking to a comedian and I'm like, let's just do this. Let's come, t- let's do a podcast tomorrow. Let's, let's not waste mm. this. This is such mm. a good conversation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's so much insight here. Oh, and then good. we only have it for this. Yeah. And then we're like, oh, we can only hang out on camera. Yeah. Which is yeah, yeah, yeah. really toxic. No. I would love to hang out with you not on camera. And I remember one time Long time ago. Well, you'll be in some stories. I mean, we don't, we're not going to go that. We're not Amish. A long time ago, you and I went to lunch. And when I say long time ago, I'm in my 20s. We're in our 20s. We're the same age. So we're in our 20s. And I don't um, remember eating lunch at all in my 20s. So I remember. Who paid, by the way? (laughs) We're both broke. Yeah. So this is the funny part. And this is like, again, like being all insecure about whatever. Like, okay, I'm going to go have lunch with, with Whitney Cummings, you know? And I'm like, okay, I'm going to be real cool. And I was like, I'm going to tell her we should go meet at this cafe. And it was not, I forget the name of it, but it was the- um, King's Road? No, the something cafe that's basically the Cheesecake Factory. It used to be at the the Beverly Center at the bottom. Oh, 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 Grand Lux. Yes, Grand Grand Lux Cafe. Oh my God. And And let me tell you, I go, oh, let's meet at the Grand Lux Cafe. This is like if you want to go to Vegas in Hollywood. And you started laughing and you're all, Grand Lux Cafe? (laughs) No, we're not going there. And then you took me to like Toast or something like super trendy, super like hole in the wall. Um, Like if you're lucky, you'll see Reese Witherspoon there. Like all the things. I was like, oh yeah, this is way better than than Grand Lux Cafe. You're right. Totally right. Grand Lux Cafe was, it's like, I think it's like for tourists or something, yeah. but it was like you. Didn't you live in Pasadena at the time? Uh, Glendale. Glendale. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. It's like the kind of thing that, like, it's it. I don't know how to explain it because I sound so. Sh- it's I sound like such an asshole, but it's more like the Grand Lux. Ca- it's like for when like actors' parents come into town. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It's like a yeah. It's, it's a cheesecake like, factory. It's, a, it's literally yes. And I was just. It is like a buffet, yeah. and it's like. But also, I was probably like, I can't afford this. Like, I, I, it's an $80 buffet. This is where, like, Sebastian would go. If he had to stoop to not having a private chef, he would, like, this is his type of thing. Like, like we're going for it. It's very, like, Vegas-ish. It yeah. would, it's like that or, like, the Rainforest Cafe. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah. It's like a... That's what it felt. It felt like, oh, my God, I just invited Whitney Cummings to go to the Rainforest Cafe. Oh, you're <laughs> such an idiot. God. Which is, like, I was probably just like... That's so funny. I hope that didn't come off shitty because I I used to, I used to, someone took me there like a weird Tinder date or something. Like, like I did have to go there another time and I'm like obsessed with the Grand Lux Cafe. It's the same way, like if people ask me to uh, hang out at our lunch, I'll be like, oh, want Saddle Ranch? Like, it's like the dumb joke first thing, uh, which uh, now the Saddle Ranch is like a jam. Yeah. But, uh, uh, or like Jumbo's Clown Room, it's like the strip club we used to uh, do comedy at, or I'd be like, Grand Lux Cafe. Like, that's the funniest place to go. <laughs> and I was being serious, I wasn't joking. That's but funny. that's like, that's the funniest, because it's yeah. just so like, it's so Mall of America. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? And but I also, definitely didn't I was like, know. no, let's go pay $12 for avocado toast. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I have $7. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we could split one. I think, yeah, exactly. The reality yeah. is we should have gone to the buffet and put yeah, all the yeah. fucking stuff in yeah. our purse <laughs> and eaten for a week. Yeah, you were probably just trying to get those rolls yeah. in your purse. damn it. <laughs> that is so funny. 
Sorry if that was came off no, bitchy. No, it's totally fine. I've just been insecure about it for 11 years. It's but totally I, fine. It's totally fine. <laughs> it's it's totally fine. I missed that chapter in the book. <laughs> <laughs> no, but also, yeah, it's like we walk around the world. Comedians were such bulls in China shops and other comedians are sensitive. And I think we forget. And I was, I came from roasting. And at the yeah. time I was in a room being like, bleh, bleh, like we just would, would play fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes you play too hard with someone by accident. And you're just being a bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It took me a long time to realize, like, 2 p.m. on a Tuesday, lunch isn't roast time. Yeah, yeah. Like, we're just <laughs> yeah, humans. Yeah. And I'm like, you're going to order that? Like, just like. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's a joke. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's yeah. A it was like, are you ordering crabs? Don't you already have them? Like, yeah. it's just like, <laughs> stop. Just stop. What are you doing? No one's. <laughs> no one, do you know what I mean? Like, I just couldn't. I yeah. thought if I thought of something funny, it had to come out of my mouth. Yeah. It's like Tourette's. I, I think it- that's the thing that people would always um, get wrong about me is, uh, which is a good, somebody asked me this, what's something that people would, you know, get wrong about? This is it. People think that I'm always funny, that I'm always on. And uh-huh. like people will ask my husband uh-huh. or my assistant or whoever and be like, is she always funny? Like, does she say funny things all the time? And I'm, Do you know anything about I'm comedians? Not. <laughs> like, have you seen I'm any? Like, no, I yeah. I am so. You're a doctor. Are you always doing surgery? That's what I'm saying. I love to like laugh at other people, and then I forget sometimes. Like if I'm doing interviews or things mm-hmm. like that, and I'm like, oh shit, they expect me to be funny. Think of a punchline. Hurry no, up, because I'm, I'm the, just like being real. I'm the other way. I go like, if you want to see my funny stuff, go pay for it. Go buy it. Go watch it in context, and then here I'm going to surprise you with something else. So that I'm not wasting my mm. funny shit on your show. Yeah, I'll yeah. put my funny shit in my show. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I'm here to promote my thing, and I think sometimes, I mean, the most surprising thing a comedian can do is just be authentic and refreshing mm-hmm. and insightful because that's that's actually our job. Yeah, our job is to be funny, but it's like, yeah. you know, George Carlin and Pryor and all the greats that we look to. We're not just we've never just been vapid clowns. Mm-hmm. We've never the good ones. Mm-hmm. Chris Rock, like. You know, he's also singing something, message, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So so it's like we can't not have pathos. And it also um comedy the last thing I'll say, I know I have to shut up, but I'm just so excited to talk to you. I know he's like shitting in my lap. Um and so okay, that was important. That was important. That was important. Chris Rock. Huh? Chris, Chris Rock, Rock, but there was a so uh, close. we're not clowns. We're not uh shit. Um, can you roll back the tape? Not telling jokes all the time. Surgeons don't do surgery all the time. The dog is shitting it's in your lap. Three, it's been three hours. I've got to stop. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to think of it. Okay. And I'll have you come back. Would love to. Just to pick up that one thought. Okay. If that's okay. <laughs> yeah. If we just do some reshoots yeah. later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, would really appreciate that. Totally down. I know. I think I'm having like a blood sugar spike and I have to let you go. Yeah. Um, okay. Book the tour. I love you. And I, love I am you. so obsessed with your podcast. And I'm actually so glad that we're picking up now because I think that had we been closer during the 20s, you would have seen a lot of stuff that I'm not proud of. Mm. And like you would have, it would, I'm glad we're getting close again at a time where I'm the woman I want to be or closer to. Amen. Because that's what you deserve. Same. Same here, friend. I would have wasted a lot of your time. Same here. Yeah. I I would have probably tried to put my shame on you. So. And I couldn't, and I would have taken it. <laughs> I would happily. I ate it for breakfast. That was the only, yeah. And I would have turned it into a drug addiction. So, you know, it's, I'm so glad that we're reconnecting now because then we don't have to be embarrassed mm-hmm. about like, remember that time? Like, I, we don't have to, we yeah. just get to, and I'll be able to show, actually show up for you. And yeah. I can, you can actually rely on me. Thank you. And I you wouldn't you. have been able to back then. I love you a lot. And I would have just been secretly jealous of you. 
and pretending, okay. overcompensating by pretending I wasn't. <laughs> I'd be sabotaging you before your shows, giving you extra drinks. Uh, like, don't you want to do another shot? <laughs> before you should just put just your loose it up. Just loose it up. You know what I mean? Come on. You have anxiety. Yeah, just have yeah, a drink. Yeah. Just have a drink. Have yeah. a drink. <laughs> I love you. Don't ride elephants. Angela Johnson Reyes. The it's always the right time deal. Hey, want to go to Mickey D's for lunch? Ooh, let's go now. <laughs> but it's not lunchtime yet. If we're going to McDonald's, it's always the right time. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. There's a deal for every lunch hour at McDonald's. Now's the time to get two for $3.99. Mix and match a four-piece McNuggets, a McDouble, a McChicken, or a hot and spicy McChicken. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.